content warning. The following episode contains frank discussions about sexual assault and informed consent. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> One-nighters is as far as I ever go. Well, yeah, but that's because you're... Never mind. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably ever after. I'm the ghost of plans canceled due to COVID-19, Mads! And I'm the ghost of wedding plans completely changed due to COVID-19, Elaine. Oh god, don't get me started. <laughs> so, remember how last time we were talking about how Mads' wedding was coming up? COVID! COVID! <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we're we're gonna go ahead and it would be irresponsible for us to do that so we are um postponing until summer 2021 yeah we've been together 11 years it's like what's another six months it's another six months before you can you know legally visit each other in the hospital plus this gives us six more months of it being hot steamy and premarital oh oh yeah after that it's just you know normal boring married people sex yeah Boring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure when you do it, it's super fun. (laughs) Um, So we have a lot to um, rant about today. Yeah, this 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 episode episode is a doozy. This actually, I I mentioned it online a couple times. Um, Hold on, I got to push my keyboard in because it's driving me crazy. Um, This episode is the episode I thought of when Mads first proposed this podcast. It is the one from which all of my rants actually started. All of the things I've complained about in the past are things I thought of once we started this podcast. This is the episode where my hate part of the love-hate relationship came in because it is problematic as heck. So um, shall we get into the basic plot? Uh, Just one second. Let me get myself comfortable because this is a loud, creaky chair. Listeners, we are um, recording from our separate homes. Yeah, we're, uh, we can't see each other's facial expressions, so you won't get a lot of those things where you can tell we're making meaningful eye contact with each other. I know. We, we can make meaningful eye contact without even I'm, seeing each other. We have a whole history. I'm doing it right now. now. Oh, my God. I feel <laughs> it. Okay. I am comfy. I have a... Uh, uh, what are you bevving this week? Oh, uh, this... Miss, Miss Paramore. Well, this is a um, an apple concoction that I am drinking very cold. It is, mm. it is delightful. I am having a Soleil, mm. a grapefruit Soleil. That is the Albertsons brand, the Safeway brand uh, LaCroix, because we were still saving up for the wedding. Perfect. Since I've got another six months to save up, though, I think I'm just going to buy a PS5 with our, with our uh, wedding. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm already on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, the king of the land died and was mourned by his lovely daughter and her stepmother, the young queen. The queen comforted the heartbroken Snow White while plotting her eventual demise, and just as she had the king's, to get her ultimate revenge for Snow's inability to keep her damn mouth shut which caused her to lose her own love long ago. The now evil queen found a huntsman who she believed to be compassionless and heartless to kill Snow White on a trip through the woods. 
Snow, being rightfully suspicious of everything, figured him out quickly and ran away to buy herself time to write the queen a letter in which she apologized for her past grievance and forgave the queen for the murder about to take place in hopes that it would give the kingdom peace under her reign. The huntsman, who had a reputation for crying over his kills and thanking the dead animals for giving their lives for his own, took pity on the princess and let her go, killed a deer in her place and brought the queen that heart instead. The queen was not fooled by this heart and took the huntsman's heart instead, placing him under her complete control to keep as a pet. Back in the present, Graham is not doing well. After having his dirty little mayoral secret discovered by Emma, he drowns his sorrows in several shots of whiskey at Granny's Diner before confronting Emma about his true feelings, or more specifically, the lack thereof. In a moment of drunken stubbornness, Graham kisses a flummoxed Emma and magically sees glimpses of his enchanted past. Spiraling into madness, he rushes to Regina's house, hoping that he'll feel some semblance of an emotion from a visit with her. He's awoken from their post-coital slumber by visions of a wolf that seems too familiar to just be a dream. He runs from her house and comes face to face with the dream wolf and follows it into the woods, searching for the meaning behind this. He receives another vision that leads him to Mary Margaret, who leads him to Henry, who tells him he was the huntsman who, sent Snow who was sent to murder Snow White, but he failed and the evil queen took his heart. Graham finds Emma waiting for him outside the mayor's home, and they both see the wolf and chase it to the nearest graveyard, where Graham sees an emblem of the Mills family vault that he saw both in his dreams and in Henry's book. He frantically searches the vault for a secret chamber to find his heart, while Emma watches in horrified concern. Regina catches them in the vault, of course, and confronts Emma for purposefully stealing everything she cares about from her, despite Graham's protests. Emma, having had enough long ago, points out that the common factor in all of Regina's loved ones running away from her happens to be herself, which leads to a fist fight. Graham breaks it up, breaks up with Regina for him, breaks up with Regina for himself, not for Emma, and heads back to the station with Emma to tend to her wounds. Regina, scorned, goes into her family vault, reveals the secret chamber that leads to her heart collection, and finds the box containing Graham's heart. As Emma and Graham finally have a kiss on their own mutual terms, Regina crushes Graham's heart to dust, killing him immediately, right there in Emma's embrace. So. So. This bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, let's, let's start with the most trivial storyline start off that did have some deeper meaning in the episode. Let's go ahead and start off on Mary Margaret's cute little dating problem. She had a one-night stand. She had a one-night stand with Dr. Whale. Dr. Phil, Dr. Evil Phil Collins and Mary Margaret did the thing. This is definitely not your dad's Disney. Oh, and, and that's where our uh, our intro quote, quote comes from, because Mads texted me about it. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like we've had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't judge. I don't judge anyone for that. I do not judge anyone for any of that. That's just not the way I work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's like, yeah, but that's because you're. And I was like, Ooh. oh, we, we had the we had the shade noise from Drag Shady Race. Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First off, good for her. Good for her. She 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 went she went through it. You know, she got what she needed. Good for her. And she got flowers for it because she, she pulled an Elaine thing and texted him after. Um, no big. <laughs> Just let it go. It's the advice I never took. Yeah. Now, I do have to say something I really like about this episode on the whole 
is mm-hmm. one uh, Emma's obliviousness to her own feelings. But yeah, this oh, is this is the episode where we have uh, we officially, as an audience, I mean, we've gotten confirmation from the glass coffin, and we've gotten little hints, but this is the episode that really says, "Yes, this is it. Magic is real. This is yep. this town is cursed." Yep, and the queen knows and is trying to maintain the curse. Yep, this she- is the episode where we see it all. It is all one. 100% confirmed. And she she luckily still hasn't figured out Emma's actual part in it. Yes. Which which is good for good for everyone involved except maybe poor Graham. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um but Mary Margaret touches on Emma's wall that she keeps up. She has this emotional wall put up so that she never has to get her feelings hurt and it sucks because everyone in town knows that she and Graham are sweet on each other. Except Every- for her. Everyone in town, except for Emma, is aware of this cuteness. Mm-hmm. Even Regina is aware of this cuteness because she comes in later on and confronts her about this cuteness and tells her to stay away. That's my man. So before the episode, we were talking and you pointed something out to me that Graham is uh, Christian Grey. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. It, it took me a few episodes to because I heard his name. You kept you said you said Jamie Dornan one time. I was like, wait. Wait, oh my God, it's the Shades of Grey guy. So now I have to wonder if he has, um, if he has sex genes. <laughs> I don't know. See, if you've seen the movie or read the claims novel, either. he changes into a pair of like busted up ripped blue jeans as, as everyone does for their um, BDSM moments. You, you put on some busted blue jeans. I want to revisit this later because I have a question that relates to this storyline and those storylines, but okay. we have to get through this first. So I'm going to come back to Mr. Shades of Grey in okay. a little while. While you um, do that, I'm going to change my Twitter handle to Jamie Dornan Sex Jeans. Oh, perfect. Wonderful. Okay. I love it. Um, so yeah, Emma, Emma call, or not Emma, Mary Margaret call. I write down Mary Margaret as M.M. in my notes and it gets very confusing for myself. Um, well, just call them by their actress's name. Jennifer and Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, that's not confusing at all. Jennifer and Jennifer. Yeah, so there's this, they, they talk about her her trust issues, which she has. So we do see in this episode, we do see Emma purposefully and honestly trying to break down her own wall. Mm-hmm. Like she's legitimately concerned about poor, poor Graham. And she is trying to purposely bring her own wall down because there is some truth to this claim of their cuteness. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and move on to the Huntsman's background and the evil queen's absolutely terrible judgment call on how she judges people. Uh, I I mean, the first (laughs) bad judgment call she makes, uh, I'm going to say it frankly, um, that is a lot of chest for a funeral, ma'am. Yes. And also, I felt really bad for poor Snow White hugging that, that collar. Like oh I felt God. really, that had to be like the least comfortable dress to be comforted in. Maybe those scratches she has on her face later are from that collar. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I just, it was a lot of cleavage, but I get it. That's sort of her thing. And the queen is a very good actress, but apparently so is Snow because Snow is aware of all of this as well. She's, she's allowing this moment of sweetness to happen, but she's still wary. To so me, it had been a while since I've watched like the whole thing through. So at this scene, I'm like, 
oh, we get to see a moment where they do genuinely care for each other. And then five seconds later, I'm like, oh, nope, nope, nope. There's there's a moment after after they have the final hug and she's like, I'll always be here for you forever. You can come to me with anything. And Snow White hugs her and the camera pans down. And we swore we were going to see like fingers crossed or something petty like that behind her back. Like that's what the, that's how the whole moment felt to us. And we didn't see that, but the immediate next scene is her walking through the halls and the magic mirror being like, yeah, you got her. Yep. Um, Oh, he's just, he's just a a plot device in this one. He's just here to move the story along. Oh yes. I mean, that's essentially his role in most of the story. (sighs) Yeah. He, the mirror helps explain the plot that the queen is responsible for the king's death. The kingdom is still loyal to Snow White, which is why they have to be delicate about killing her. She's the most beloved in all the land. Um, and the reason they can't use a knight to just kill her is because they're basically inept. So obviously you're going to pick this heartless, heartless. Um, soulless monster heartless. who cries when he kills a deer. And thanks it for giving its life for his own and also takes care of his best friend, Wolfie. And and the queen sees this in a mirror. Oh, no, they go to a tavern and some guy like threatens his wolf. Oh, yeah, They're he all... straight up wastes two mooks. Just yeah. boom, boom. These, these mooks came in looking like he walked in just looking for something to drink and like some warmth with his wolf. And these guys just come in and like threaten to beat him up and kill his wolf. So he kills him, and then she's like, that's it. That's the one. He's heartless. The man who just saved a helpless, you know, an animal (laughs) who hadn't done anything, that's the heartless murderer she needs. I do feel like in fantasy fiction, there's like three genre of tavern scenes, and one of them is the main character of the episode or the storyline walks into a bar, everyone has an issue with it, and then he wastes two dudes. Yes, it has to be two. It has didn't, to be two, and then a third has to run away. And we see that in this episode. Didn't Arya and the Mountain do that? Mm-hmm. Not the Mountain. The other uh, one. Yeah, yeah. The other one. Not yes. the Mountain. His brother. His brother. What's his face? Um, ooh, is what's his face like bad call on my part? Because his face? Oh, I, genu- I genuinely have suppressed all of my Game of Thrones um, knowledge after the finale. The finale ruined Game of Thrones' legacy, but that's another podcast. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another show. So, I've never seen so much goodwill of a series but, like burn to ash so fast. But this but this dude and his white wolf getting picked on by the general public, that's some Jon Snow vibes. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's like obviously not a bad dude. He just doesn't like people because people are jerks to him. And I, I didn't really blame him for, you know, that guy threatened his wolf. I'd, I, I'd probably stab him with the mirror, too. The cinematic parallels, though, between Jon Snow going to the wall for the first time and this guy. <laughs> I can't unsee it now. There you go. Wolf even has one red eye, which I don't, I don't understand why he has one eye as red as blood and one as black as midnight. I- Except for maybe a Snow White reference. Maybe. And it may also just be that's how he could identify him. That's how he knew this wolf was important to him because he recognized him specifically. And it wasn't just some random wolf. That's all I could Uh, figure. Um, Yeah. So she she has this heartless killer who cries after he kills things. mm -hmm. uh, Dresses a knight. Now, this is a this is a dude who's used to wearing like soft, supple leather. Um, So he may not have sex jeans, but he does have these nice leather tights. 
Right. Um, he wears his furs. He's not used to wearing armor. So as soon as he's walking through the woods with Snow White, she is suspicious because he is uncomfortable. Um, to go. Awesome. Okay, and we're back. What do we? Where do we stop? Um, we stopped. Um, cinematic oh, oh. parallels with Jon Snow. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, I was talking about how he's more comfortable in leather. Than armor. <laughs> uh, Which is a yeah. parallel with Jon Snow, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, he takes he takes Snow White into the woods. Well, we haven't talked about him meeting with the, the queen. Oh, God, you're right. We haven't, we haven't uh, talked about that I at all. I glossed over it because it was gross. <laughs> I, I don't want to gloss over it, gloss over right. it because, yes, it is. It is kind of gross. But we need to talk about one that setup, but two, and more importantly, that that dress. Okay, she looks good in that dress. She looks her, so good. Her clothes in this episode are like their own era. Like everyone else that is dressed is like dressed sort of in some sort of historical like era. Except yeah. for her, she's just like sleek velvet with like rhinestone corset like slim fit like it's velour that was gorgeous it was gorgeous she looks so tiny in that dress i know i'm like god dang yeah but it is it is a it looked it's a good dress it's a good dress it looked uncomfortable to walk in um her hair was good in this one and i say that because it was not good in another scene um it's more on that later Uh, um She she looks good and she is obviously hitting on this man. She is trying to seduce him into doing what she wants him to do, and he is not having it. He's not having it. He he doesn't like people. He was raised by wolves and he doesn't know what sex is. He has never been horny. Ever. In his life. Ever. I get it. I've been there. Yeah. Uh and so she's offering him like luxury and fame and power. And he's like, uh, none of that makes sense to me. Yeah, I have I no need for any of this. What you can do for me is you can outlaw the hunting of wolves. And she's like, okay. Oh, God. So uh, yeah, is that it? Like, that's so easy. easy. Yeah. yeah. She's not worried about that at all. Uh, so, so he's like, she's like, I just need someone heartless. And he's like, that's me. And, That's me. Oh, and and also I will say uh, Jamie Dornan does a good job differentiating his voices between Huntsman and Sheriff Graham because Sheriff Graham has this like friendly, you know. Up- Sheriff Graham voice. is a soft voice. He's a soft voice, but Huntsman has like sexy vocal fry. Mm. No, I said he was a soft boy. Oh. He's a total soft boy and soft I love him. And, and, and Huntsman is just playing harder than he is. But he says everything with like this gravelly, sexy vocal fry at the end. That's it was one of those things where I've watched it so many times I was trying to figure out what it was. And, and that's what it is. It was a sexy it, handsome vocal fry is what I wrote. I kill for me. Why for you? And I was just like, Oh, I can't even do it. Like I'm not I'm not sexy or handsome enough to do this vocal fry. Yeah, I can't do it. It's, like, <laughs> it's only me. on the ends of his sentences. Yeah, and and I was like, good character differentiation. All right, I can see this is a different, the same but different person. He He's also bringing every D and D player's like first hunter OC. Aww. <laughs> like, yeah, I have my own code, and my code is the code of the forest. 
animals have honor and men have none. But uh, yeah. okay, that's it. Anywho. That's all he wants. Um, so so we she sends him on his mission. She dresses him up like a, a oh wait, a little bit of a flashback in the same scene when she's like she she sees him in the magic mirror and she says bring him to me there's a knight in the back who wanted to make the most of his moment on on scene he didn't have any lines so he headbanged an agreement to make sure you could see him <laughs> like there there are three guys in the back and there was one knight with his helmet on and she said bring him to me and he didn't have a line but he was making his moment known and he like almost knocked his own helmet off agreeing so hard Oh, I love, I love anytime a background character has fifth grade, fifth grade Christmas pageant energy. Yes. I'm here for it. It was awesome. And it was one of those things where I saw it this time and I paused the TV. And Did I, you see me, mom? I'm guard number three. I had to write it down. And the, a guard that comes later actually gets words. So that's, that's good for him. I hope it was the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he is dressed up like a knight in very uncomfortable armor that he's not used to wearing. And Snow is just being friendly, being herself, trying to be nice to this dude, and he doesn't talk much. And uh, she gets suspicious of him, offers him an apple, which he refuses. And uh, she calls him out for not actually being a knight because every other knight has given her condolences on her father's passing and also knows how to wear armor. This is also... um... A nice visual cue to let us know that, you know, this is before snow has been poisoned. This is before the sleeping curse. I mean, we know that, but there is the nice visual reference of she still likes apples because yeah. afterward she does not <laughs> as Mary Margaret. She always has a pair. Yes. She trusts like, apples and it looked like a, a nice pink lady. Like they have actually got an apple budget now and I'm so <laughs> proud of them. I'm so happy they have, yes, they have an apple budget finally. No more red delicious. Ugh. No more red delicious. People are actually eating the apples. It's one of the good ones. I think it's a pink lady it in our like- um, oh. in our in our show, our show photo that you, I did. You used a pink lady? <laughs> nice. Oh, I didn't take the photo. It's stock photo, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's a pink lady. I mean, I made it, it's either a pink lady or a Fuji, <laughs> but I made it black. They're good ones. I have honey yeah. crisps on my, I have honey crisps on my counter right now. Yeah, they're not they're little it's fun um so this is what people tune in for the apple discourse <laughs> we know this for a fact because we have gotten notes about it when we're allowed to take a vacation we're going to go somewhere with an actual apple orchard and just talk there and that'll oh, be yeah. like that'll be one of our bonus episodes we're we'll gonna do a bonus episode apple it'll be an apple sode <laughs> bonus apple sode bonus apple sode <laughs> it was hard I'll, to say I, I will make a pie Oh, I want to make an apple pie so bad. Anyway, so Snow calls him out and <laughs> and she's like, oh, she sent you to kill me. Still on to her. Like she maybe had hopes that she wasn't going to be murdered, but still on to her. And so he's like, yep, that's what I'm here to do. She's like, well, you have to catch me first and you're wearing too much armor. And she like smacks him with a log and runs away. Um, she's wearing a beautiful cloak, by the way. It's white and it's got little pink flowers on it like reminiscent of like cherry blossom i don't know it was gorgeous at this stage snow has one move hit a man with a log and run away hit him and run and you know what that's more it works that's more than most princesses had hey that's more than most princesses had she did a good job uh (laughs) and she she just needs a head start 
and he has to strip some of his armor off to catch up with her. He finds her in the woods and she's a little bloodied, which is probably why she decided she couldn't run anymore. And she's writing a letter and he thinks humans are just the most disgusting, ridiculous things ever. Cause here you are. I'm, I'm obviously hunting you and you stop to write a letter. And she's like, well, you're obviously a very skilled hunter. I'm not going to get away. I'm writing this letter. And I, this is not a ploy from her. No, it's very genuine. And uh, it's part of why snow is one of my favorite characters on the show. Like overall, like over the course of the entire series, it's part of why later on I'm going to be irritated because as Jennifer Goodwin um, has a less and less prominent role, I'm like, no, bring back my snow. She's great. Uh, I love her. Like, yes, I agree with you there. Yes, she she writes this heartfelt apology and forgiveness letter to Mm -hmm. the queen. And she does not expect this man to read it. But everything she's like, she's like, if I hope that this brings you peace so that the kingdom can have peace under your rule and this is the best thing for everybody. She is willing to die for her people and also forgive the lady as long as, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone else. She's not a good person. She's a great person. She's so good. She's so good. <laughs> Anywho. And so, the, um, and so then the, she's obviously horrified when he reads the letter. I have to ask, yes, because he does it a lot this episode, and this is um, one of those times when we see a a single Jamie Dornan tear fall. Are these real tears, or is there someone with some visine that's just like four seconds before the shot? Because he does the single tear a lot, and either this man knows how to cry on cue, or they're 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 doing it. Look, there are some very talented actors and actresses out there like myself and Aaron Chasson who can cry on. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. I'm not laughing at the, the idea there because Aaron Chasson is a uh, what three time Rosie with <laughs> our, our local theater awards. He's our he's our improv troops, our artistic director, and he can cry on command. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the reason I think that these are fake tears is because it's always from the same eye. Yeah. It's it's from the same eye in general. Um, and it's once again proof that just because he has compassion for animals doesn't mean he's compassionless for people. He has a heart. And his letter, this letter of selflessness touched his heart. And he lets her go and actually gives her help. He, he makes a little reed whistle for her to call the wolves who will lead her to safety. Um, and uh, that, that reed whistle becomes incredibly integral later in the series. I uh, no, it doesn't. It's never seen again. It's never, never seen again. We never see it again. They could have cut it. Uh, this is one of the moments they could have cut, but it was, they had to get him stabbing something because yes. she was ready. Like she was not going to fight him. She was ready to die. She had her neck up full, you know, also her outfit yeah. is great. Uh, she was ready to die and he cuts a reed, gives her a whistle, sends her on her way, sees a deer, goes and kills it. And brings that to the queen. And she's so, the, what? The gesture that they use for him bringing the knife up and then oh, yeah, going down and cutting. It's, it's so they can get the shot that they got yeah. earlier in the episode. I, I felt like this could have been handled differently. Yes. Because it's very clumsy. It, the, the, you know, they, they needed a shot, but it wasn't how you would cut 
a plant. I don't, I mean, all I know like, from cutting plants is like hitting things in my backyard with a, with a wire we pretended was a fencing foil as kids. This, the, the same, the same thing could have been accomplished in a less clumsy way, to, in my opinion, if um, we had gotten a shot of the knife and then he rotates it and we see Snow White's terrified face in the blade of the knife. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, would have been a more loaded uh, image, especially with the constant references of mirrors in the show that we have. There's a lot of mirror references in this show. You're right. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice. Um, we broke a mirror in that pub earlier, which, yeah. you know, this is the olden timey days. So a mirror is like, you know. Oh, man. I bet he had to pay for that. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, so he goes back to Regina, who has the worst hairstyle I've ever seen. I'm going to give a dramatic reading of mine and my husband's reaction to this hairstyle. Now, let me let me try to give a little detail. So she's got all of her bangs pulled back except two little tendrils. And the two little tendrils are curled in such a way that they create this butt shape on her forehead. Like it's supposed to be a heart. It is a butt shape. It is not <laughs> a heart. There is a butt shape on her forehead. And yeah. here is the dramatic reading. She has a butt on her forehead. Why does she have a butt on her face? Because she's a butthead. <laughs> that was, that was, yes. That's and our this part. is when, this is when the episode takes a massive turn. This is where we are about to get to some consent issues. Uh, just to warn anyone. Um, so she doesn't get her heart. She gets a heart. She finds out real quickly that it's not Snow's because her magic heart chamber compartment doesn't open for the heart. So it's not a human heart. Oh, and she was not affected by the note at all. I mean, she was angry oh. about it. She threw it in the fire. Yeah. Um, I She is overacting just enough in this scene throughout mm -hmm. where it's incredibly theatrical. When she rushes forward, this isn't a human heart. Oh, my God. Her overacting uh. is so delightful. That was delightful. Like, that's why the end of this scene upset me so much. Yeah. It's because yeah. the overacting was delightful. I expected her to actually, like, you know, kill him or something. But instead, she's like, I'm still going to get a heart. And she reaches into his chest and pulls his out. And the one thing he said earlier whenever she was trying to offer him luxury was she offered him a place at court. He's like, I'm not somebody's pet. I'm my own mm -hmm. free. So she takes his heart and now she says, you're completely under my control, my pet. And then she orders her guards. Well, she kisses him first. She kisses him. She forces a kiss on him. Uh, which, um, he, uh, we have he says, just established that he literally cannot consent to this. Yep. She forces a kiss on him. And says, send him to my bedchamber. And I just want to point out that uh, I've I've played a lot of D and D campaigns, and I've I've been in you know reading fantasy since I was a tween. And any time there there are certain times where people think it's funny to have the word sex slave involved in their story, but there's another word for sex slave. That's rape victim. Uh, yeah, and in this case, um. You know, I, I'm going to be real frank here. You know, we, we have a lot of fun on the show, but um, 
it's 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 said so often but it's true rape is is less about sex than it is about power and control this is a huge power and control move and the first thing she does after telling him he has no power he has no control and he can never run away or and she she by threat of pain says if he tries to run away she'll know and she'll get him and you know there are people who try to apologize for this there are people who say well it's not she doesn't necessarily you know sexually assault him she does um she does it's it's in the text i mean at this point in the show we've seen in in the real world in storybrook she is repeatedly having sex with this man who is not really able to give informed consent and he doesn't want to he says that multiple times it's not something he wants to do it's just right. something he does uh and it and you know one of the reasons to- i have such a problem reconciling her her arc towards goodness later on yeah because this was such an evil awful awful thing to do and it's only in here because it's being done by a woman to a man yeah i mean if we had if we had the genders flipped if there was an evil king sending a woman to his bed chambers then he would be murdered yeah he would be full-on murdered and no one would apologize for it because no. he was a rapist and he would be murdered but because it is regina and the actress is amazing yeah we love the actress yeah. you know generally we're uh, we're both you know generally fans of this character but this I'm, yeah this is an for me this is irredeemable and exactly. the show doesn't do anything to rehabilitate or redeem or she has no regret for this ever. Even whenever she makes her big turnaround and starts becoming a better person, because they do turn her around. That's the power of writing. But with the power of writing, they could have not done this. Yes. And, and it's a major issue for the show. And it's why, like I have in my notes, that this is a, a, a moment that we need to talk about the internal ethics of the show and the internal politics of the show. I mean, we... And- that is what this is right here. This is the show telling on itself. This is these are the writers of this show telling on themselves. Wow, wouldn't it be crazy if we made him a sex slave? <sighs> yeah. Like and they don't learn their lesson from this. This type of problem will come up again in a later season. And it's once again okay cuz a woman did it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's played as more evil at that point in will, the show. I will even say, same time of this, even Grimm did something like this. Yeah. And I mean, we, uh, we are both fans of this genre of TV show. And at this time period, sex under mystical circumstances, an incredibly common trope. Um, if we it, haven't, you and I haven't finished watching Angel. There is a lot of it on Angel. Oh, God. Um, but at the same time, this is, po- I mean, I'm going to say it's one of my favorite shows of all time. This is post Buffy. Yeah. So this is post an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was a syndicated show at this point. Not had a big cult following, but it wasn't as big as, you know, once upon a time. But they had still had an episode where a group of men use mind control to make a woman their sex slave and she breaks the spell and she says this is rape yeah and they address it and that was i want to say 2003 
or 2002 because Buffy went off the air in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. This is almost a decade before this show. And it's not like these concepts weren't being addressed. You know, I I think a lot of um, armchair people like to say, oh, well, this is, you know, things change now that we're in a post Me Too world. Things haven't changed. We're We're just just more aware. We're finally empowered to speak out about it. Right. Um, But this this episode bothers me immensely for this. Yeah. The series on the whole bothers me because of the treatment of the things that occur in this episode. Yeah. And it just gets worse from here. Do we have anything else to say about this past storyline for Graham? Because now we have to get into his present. If you, if you let me, I will keep going forever. It makes me so oh, upset. We're going to come back to no, so, yeah. <laughs> this, this. We're coming, we're coming back to it. Cause now we have to deal with Graham and how this has affected Graham in his story. Brooke. Yeah. Let, let's go to that. I'm sorry. We knew that this was going to be. Soapbox is coming right back. Don't worry. Oh yeah. Soapbox is coming right back. Graham is upset that Emma found him sneaking out of Regina's house. And Emma has already said, your business is your business. Uh, I wish you had told me about this before I accepted the job. Um, but your business is your business. And he's so upset about her knowing and finding out this way, because even though he doesn't feel anything, he still feels something towards her. Right. Now, this is a primetime soap. So we do have to accept that every male romantic lead is going to have at least two women he's juggling. Yeah. Obviously. One that we as the audience want him to be with and the other one. Yeah. And and Graham, I have said since the first episode that he was on, Graham won me over as soon as he was on, on scene. I guess I have a thing for an accent. He's also very pretty and his little curly hair. He's so, he's so disheveled this whole episode and all I can feel is badly for him because yeah. he's having a full-on mental breakdown this whole episode, he's just spiraling. He, I feel so bad for him this episode. I, it, I just, the whole, every other thing in my notes is poor Graham. Yeah. Um, he kisses Emma against her will. That is not the moment she wanted. Um, yeah. And he gets a flash to his past. And that starts him spiraling because he doesn't feel anything. And it's freaking him out and he doesn't know why. And so he goes to Regina's house for what is probably the first consensual meeting they have ever had. Yeah. Though I do want to say, I really love Emma's quote after he kisses her. Um, Let's see if I can pull it up. Um, Listen to me, Graham. You were drunk and full of regret. I get it. But whatever it is you are looking to feel, I can tell you one thing. You're not getting it with me. Yeah. And I appreciate her in this moment, establishing such clear boundaries. Um, Because let's not forget that while these two do have chemistry, Mm -hmm. while these two are, you know, the show wants us to put these two people together, he's her boss. Yeah, there there is a power conflict there already. He is her boss. Yes. Yes. And he, she is... Very clearly, from the second she comes on screen from the bathroom where she didn't see him drunkenly throwing darts. I don't understand why he was even there, to be honest. Yeah, but 
from the second she comes on screen, she makes it very clear. I do not want to interact with you. I need you to respect my boundaries. And, like, and he doesn't. Freaking almost assaults her with a dart. Dude, I never miss. Okay, buddy. Oh. So, so, so she rejects him. And he's still trying to feel something because he's, he's manic at this point. And uh, so he goes to Regina for, like I said, the first consensual meeting they have ever had. Is Henry asleep? Yes. Boink. <laughs> yep, boink. Um, and it, he, they, they fall asleep. He is woken up by more wolf dreams. And when he says, there's a wolf in my dream, her eyes get big. She and also... Knows. Again, speaking of consent, she does point out that he was drunk when he got there. Yep. Yep. And he shouldn't, he's going to go drive his car. Oh, but you're probably still drunk. Oh, here we are. (laughs) (sighs) We talk about the show um, outside of the show a lot. And we talked about it a lot before we got into it. We knew this episode was going to be intense because this episode had, this episode for me shows the, um, the, the cracks in a mainstream audience's understanding of consent and boundaries. Yeah, there's, yeah. It's, and it's it's very, like, this is this show, you could write a, a dissertation on this episode of this show. <laughs> because it's like textbook, like, here's this, and here's this, and here's this. So, that poor guy. Like, this whole episode, I just felt so bad for him. And it never got better. Yeah. Now, are these situations outside of the heart-ripping mind control bit very realistic? Yes. Yeah, because this is the reality portion of the show. Yeah. Um, th- this These kind of situations happen to people in real life. Yes. And I, I think I, I just wish that the show, because the show has such good writing in other aspects, I wish it were handled better. I love Once Upon a Time. The reason I rag on it is because I want it to do and be better. I want it it to be better. It has so much promise. It could be so much better. And then it, it does this. Um, So, okay, well, let's move forward because it's, I'm right back. Uh, He leaves her house and he's angry. Like, she's like, no, please stay. He's like, you never want me to stay. And he leaves. Um, He leaves. um, Also pointing out he was in bed with uh, socks. So. Um, so my implication is that, um, they had sex where he was wearing his socks. Yeah. That's just proof that he's a straight boy. Yeah. I, I don't understand you people's culture. It's just proof that he's a straight boy. <laughs> <laughs> she also had this lovely nightgown. I loved her nightgown and his boxers were the same shade of blue as her his gown. He's got these huge voluminous boxers and socks well, they didn't have it in, they they didn't have the same sort of shades of gray contract. I guess he had to uh, yeah. boxers. Where are his sex jeans? I don't know. I've never seen the movie or read the book. Uh, oh my god, they're terrible. We should watch them. So, so he goes to get his car. He drops his keys. Comes face to face with the wolf. He chases the wolf for several hours into the woods. Here comes our favorite cameo in the. <laughs> He's obviously hours his night, and now the sun is up, and he loses the wolf. And out from the woods steps Mister Gold, who is carrying a shovel 
a cane and wearing an, a work apron. <laughs> Obviously, just buried something. Or like he just buried a body. He just like a body. <laughs> this is not suspicious at all. And sheriff, I know you're going through it, but I feel like if I, <laughs> at the ass crack of dawn, you know, maybe it's me spending too much time doing true crime. But if <laughs> I run into a man. <laughs> wearing an apron, carrying a shovel, at you know what, five thirty a.m. Yeah. And he's, he's like, what are you doing out here? Just a little gardening. Just a little gardening? Oh, buddy. And, and there's, <laughs> there's another, like, he he gets some words. He's like, he's like, what are you looking for? A wolf. Right, right. You said that. He's like, why are you looking for a wolf? Well, because I saw one in a dream. And Mr. Gold gives him this that sets his brain going through it more. They say that dreams are memories. Memories of another life. But what quote. Do you, what do you believe? I never rule out anything. And then he says, well, have you seen anything else unusual? And Mr. Gold takes a beat, looks at his shovel, and then says, no. Call the cops. You are the cops. You are the cops. (laughs) I'm just like, what? Look, again, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, read a lot of true crime books. This is why it takes like 90 bodies to find somebody, to find a killer. Because... Because you get small town sheriffs who are going through their uh, mystical mind break and they're way too occupied with that to actually solve and murder. <laughs> Who's missing? Like I mean, l- later, later in the show, we will find out what he was buried. But yeah, like <laughs> what he was burying. But yeah, like what is what? Oh, is- I know. I just want the minor characters cut right now. Minor characters is a game where whoever <laughs> leaves the scene first, you follow. I just want them to. S- okay, leave Graham right now. What is that man doing? What is that man doing? <laughs> so, so he leaves him in the woods, and this is where he sees the wolf again, and he calls a wolf to him and pets the wolf on the head, and he gets his flashes of Mary Margaret. Oh, we do get um, before before that scene. The, oh, the next cut I when we cut to him. Stuff. I'm just so. No, it's okay. It's a, we have a lot to talk about. He's running through the woods, yeah. and I don't know why he's running in a panic through the woods. It just we cut back to a scene of him running through the woods in a panic. Oh yeah. And instantly that that vine of like, why are you running? <laughs> why are you running? <laughs> There's no reason for it. Have I you guess ever tried to keep up with a wolf? Yeah, I've never tried to keep up with a wolf. I mean, my mascot was the mighty wolves, so they still ran faster than me. We were the tigers. Oh. I'm a tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. Okay. So he flashes a snow eye and the wolf disappears again. And it is the one with the red eye and the black eye. Uh, And so he goes to the school. I want to point something out that I never noticed before, but... Mary Margaret's windows in her classroom have these black cutout silhouette trees that mm-hmm. is that is beautifully reminiscent of the mayor's office. Yes. I never noticed that before. But her hers is that version with more color. Mm-hmm. Because she's Mary Margaret. Yeah. Um, I, I they have a lot of repeating forest motifs in this show that I really love. His conversation with Mary Margaret leads him to Henry. Henry, it's it's just it's just another woman showing concern over him and getting to touch him because he's very handsome, and uh, and then he goes to Henry. I just want this actor to be in a show with like consent. Yeah, I I do. This here's Put that on the point, WB. Here's that point I was wanted to bring up. We'll just say it here. Um, I 
I'm sort of sad that he went from this to Shades of Grey. Yeah. One murky <clears throat> consent issue to another murky sexual consent issue. And I don't know if the two have anything to do with each other, but it makes me wonder. At least he got to be in control in the other one, right? Uh, eh, I don't know. I didn't read it. He has some background issues that have made him the way he is, but it's it's one of the it's one of the few pop culture things I didn't just get an audiobook of to see what the deal was. Yeah. It's I, worth not reading. I didn't think I could sit through that. <laughs> I didn't watch the movies either. The whole thing reeks of gender. But I will say, I will say that I had a friend tell me that that was the first first book in that series was the first book she had picked up in years. And she sped through it and read all the others and then started reading other books again. And it got her to read. So, hey, you know what? Okay. I'm good with that. Okay. I support that. Reading is reading. I love a junk food book. I just didn't read these. I do too. I just didn't read these. Uh, So, she goes... Speaking of books, he goes to Henry. Speaking of books, I'm going to try to use this recording setup for my uh, my, my my book podcast show Ooh. because uh, my microphone has been broken. That is why I have not uploaded an episode. Oh, as your producer, I was supposed to check on that. Uh, <laughs> so so he knocks on he knocks on the Mills's door, and Henry goes, "My mom's not here right now," so he knows. He knows. Yeah. They think he doesn't know. He's ten. He's not dumb. He knows. Uh, He's like, no, I want to talk to you. Am am I in your book? And Henry's like, oh, well, okay. Well, how did you get these flashes? Well, I got them after I kissed Emma. You kissed my mom? Uh, He's done more than that with your other mom. Yeah, he's kissed both your moms. Come on. Come on. Keep up. Keep up. Get get to the actual story here. I I wrote that with so many M's because it was so... Silly. Um, so he, he points out the huntsman in the book, which is why he would remember Mary Margaret, the wolf's your guide. And you probably got these flashes when you kissed Emma because Emma is only here because you didn't kill Snow White. Why is that? Well, because that's her mom. You have that connection. There's a connection between you two. Um, but then the queen ripped out your heart so you could never feel again. That's kind of her thing. And this poor himbo. this makes perfect sense to him it does well there's a moment where mary when mary margaret's telling him about the book she's like oh he thinks we're all characters in his book which makes absolutely no sense and then henry says the same thing yeah it's all right here in this book it makes total sense like i I appreciate the writers for stuff like that yes i'm i'm part of me thinks those are different writers (laughs) I, I think that they pair well together, that there's that juxtaposition. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so in the book, he sees an image, a little logo, an emblem that he also saw in his dream. And he's like, oh, well, that's the, uh, that's the vault where she keeps all of her hearts. That's the collection. Mm-hmm. So now he has a quest. And a quest. A quest. He's, he's on a quest. He rushes out of the house. And Emma found him easily because he drove the sheriff's car there. Uh, and she's like, Hey, can you please go rest? No, it's my heart. Emma. I have to go find it. And she tries to calm him down. She like puts his hand on his heart. It's like, see your heart's in your chest. It's, it's all, it's sweet and 
I, and she's like, it's, it's sweet, it's beautiful. We it, all want a world filled with peace and with joy. It's only not if only you follow your heart. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're in town. Um, <clears throat> you, you broke my train of thought, Mads. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Plenty That's what of, I'm here for. Plenty of water. Uh, okay, so she's trying to calm him down and she's convincing him this isn't real. And then she looks up and sees the wolf. And he takes off running, so she takes off running after them. And then they run to the uh, graveyard with an obvious dusk filter put on the camera. <laughs> yeah, the color grading was decent, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will it was... say, compared to, compared to uh, last week, the color grading in this, this episode oh, is gr- really well done. We didn't have any of the green screen problems we had previously, which was nice. Um it's and also these, very important that he believes in the curse at this point. Yes. And and by the way, these scenes are shot outdoors. Yes. That this, comes up in a minute. It is all good. They go to the graveyard. They find the mausoleum that has the same symbol from the book. And he knows his heart is in there. And she tries to talk some sense into it, but he needs to go in. So she she the door doesn't pull. So she kicks it. It's a push. They break into the vault. And he's like trying to open urns he's like looking for secret levers he knows there's a thing in here and she is just like watching her friend break down yeah she doesn't know what to do she's trying yeah. to calm him down and that's when regina arrives because obviously she always brings flowers to her father's grave on wednesday as you do that must be this she must do that while henry's at his wednesday appointments that makes sense because this is when she can come in here. Yeah. And she does have flowers. She does have flowers with her. Well, she has to make it look right. Uh, but yeah. of course she's there. Uh, and <laughs> I can't say what it is. <clears throat> um, she does this weekly. You don't look well, dear. Let's take you home. She grabs him by the hand and like yanks him and he like pulls away. And I was just like, yeah. Tell her no. Uh, he doesn't want to go with her and she immediately accuses him of this is all Emma's fault he's like no it's me I don't feel anything with you he's like because of her she came to town and everything I love started getting taken away from me and Emma has had enough yeah I mean Graham also says it here which I really applaud you know he says you know this is about you and me yeah this is not about her Mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with her it is about me I am leaving you for me you know, I deserve yes. to feel. Yes. And I, I was so proud of him for that. And it's over. He wants to give himself a chance. It's for himself. And so she keeps blaming Emma for it just over and over. And Emma is like, hold up. There's one common denominator in all of this. And it's you. Everyone you love is miserable because of you. Henry sought me out. Graham <clears throat> sought me out. And I had totally forgotten that Regina just clocks her. Oh, yeah. Slugs her. And so Emma hits back and, and Regina gets a pretty little blood. Um, they have a little, they have a little scrap. They have, they have a brawl. Graham breaks them up. Regina tries one more time to like sweet, sad face Graham. And he walks away. And uh, she bleeds. Yeah. Now, this is what I wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene was shot out. Now, it's just a fun production note. 
mm-hmm. need some fun in this episode. Yeah. Other than um, Mr. Gold. Other than Mr. Gold. This scene was shot outdoors at night, and they took a lot of takes to get the punch right from every angle and make sure it fit from every angle and looked good no matter what. Wow. And um, Emma's actress, Jennifer, pulled a muscle Oh no! Fake slug and Regina, oh, which no. I gotta say, so she was she was ready, like yeah. she was ready to do that hit, because um, yeah, she full on pulled a muscle recording oh. this, filming this. Look, look, s- stage fighting's difficult. It is exhausting. Oh, I know. You you know very well about choreographed stage fighting. Can you uh, can you hear a boy screaming outside my door right now? Rufus is demanding to be let in. I didn't. I, I sort of heard it, and then you pointed it out. Okay. I left I mean, mine uh, cracked, so because Lila might come in. I don't want her yelling at the door. Um. So, so she bleeds. Oh, you're doing a thing. Oh, I'm wait. here. Oh, okay. What's nice about multi-track recording is I can mute all of my stuff mute. when that's happening. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Um, so she bleeds, and back at the station... Graham is thanking Emma for helping him like free himself from all this. And he's got an old fashioned uh, um, ice pack to her head. Like one of the ones that you can fill up with either hot water or cold ice and stuff is I hadn't seen one in years and I forgot what they were called. (laughs) (laughs) And they're, they're having this sweet heart to heart. They discuss the bad breakup and bad relationships in general. And there are several cute moments. And this scene gets cut a lot with Regina going into the mausoleum, revealing the secret door is her father's grave. Um, And her whole heart vault is there. And, And she finds the drawer with his heart in it. And right as they have a, like he he's tending to her cut and she, they have a real kiss. They have a real kiss that is mutual between both of them. And he gets all of his memories back from that kiss. And he's yes. thanking her for it. He has a tear go down his face. It's very sweet. He's so thankful for her. And then we flash to Regina, who has no chill and can't just let it go. Uh, here's where you're going to have to bleep me fucking murdering him. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I'll believe it because um, we don't want that tag. But this, yeah, she absolutely murders him. She squeezes his heart to dust. I wrote, irredeemable evil bitch, my poor Graham. Um, he dies in Emma's arms. And uh, who's she supposed to call? She's the police. Um, yeah. She's going to call an ambulance as soon as she composes herself. He dies in Emma's arms and the episode ends. So there is nothing there is one tiny moment of good for Graham in this episode. And I have to say, this is some, this is a gut punch for the genre that it is Yes, for it being on primetime television. You know, we just killed a main cast member off Yep. in uh, episode seven. And this show is about hope. And this, I'm, <laughs> pardon me. They kill the rape victim as soon as he frees himself from his captor. As soon as he frees himself from his captor, he is killed by his captor. Exactly. And that and that doesn't necessarily jive well with the tone of the show. N- no, it doesn't at all. I, I, I don't know if his he just had to get out of his contract and so they killed him off. But it feels like this was written since the beginning. Yes. 
so, this does not feel sudden. So maybe that's, I mean it. It's a shocker, but it it doesn't feel sudden. It made me mad. I I've watched this episode three times in the last month, four times total since the beginning of the show airing, and I was mad every single time this episode ended. So I started writing my notes last night on this episode, and uh, I started. Um, uh, tipping that box of wine a few too many times and my notes got very angry and very disorganized so I had to do the whole thing over again today um, we, we are definitely <clears throat> interested to hear anyone else's opinions on this episode um, yes even if we disagree with them uh, this one was a heavy one and it made me very mad yeah um, um, so I, I I have a hard time rating this i'm sorry i'm jumping ahead i I don't feel like i can rate this one yes in terms of production i mean this episode is really well produced really well constructed yeah and it's a it's a well-written show of another series yeah but in terms of it feeling like the once upon a time we love and we'll come back to again and again it just, it doesn't feel... This was a Game of Thrones right. episode. Yeah, with less blood. Yeah, they didn't show... And a really bad CGI deer. Bad CGI deer. I forgot deer. to mention the really bad... We just had a really good CGI dragon the previous episode, and then we had this awful CGI deer, stag, whatever, in this first one. Or this this one. It was just... Uh, and then we, we see a real deer later. <laughs> that poor deer looked emaciated. That deer needed a needed oh, a sandwich. Poor baby. A deer sandwich with like acorns and yeah, I don't know whatever deer eat. Um, uh, best dressed Regina, except for her butt head uh, hair. Style. Oh yeah, I mean that the red that red velvet dress. The is red just velvet dress is the best dress. Um, her morning outfit was beautiful too. Because uh, morning was- outfit with red pants. Yes. Well, that was the dress under. Interesting. It. I, I mean, I love the dress. outfit. I'm just saying it's an interesting choice for yeah. a morning outfit. I thought that was the the dress underneath it, the same dress. But I, can I thought so too, That's but started. then I watched it and oh, the, pants? the dress we like, the dress we like actually on. does cover her chest. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I say it could just be a skirt because there was a corset over it. It could be RuPaul style. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Separates. There's You can do so much with separates. Yep. But she's she was it was a dress because when she was walking down the hall back to her chamber, she was having to hold it up. So I think it was the same skirt with a different top later. Um that but makes that, sense. she wears the same jacket later when he asks if she's still in mourning. She's like, No, black just suits me. But it's the same yeah. it's the same jacket with the uncomfortable to cry in uh neck ridge. So she's obviously best dressed, but has also has worst hair this episode. Um, yes. Um, also, just wanted to note that uh, this is where we see the set change from white to black. Okay. Because in the beginning of the episode, we see it white when she's seducing. Yes. Uh, it's it's white. And all then when he comes back, it's all in black. You're right. You're right. I did notice that it was white and I couldn't figure out why I was noticing it. But you're right. That's mm-hmm. why. Oh, man, I don't have any jokes for the end of this one. Um, No. <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's brighten things up by playing our, our game. All of these are really stupid infinitesimal details, but um, we're gonna play our two truths and a lie. Okay. Okay, so Let's I have go. one this week. Okay, number one, 
After Regina's scuffle with Emma, there is blood on the lower left corner of her lip. For the rest, for the rest of the episode, the wound keeps changing appearance and position. Hmm. Number two, Emma's hand changes position from shot to shot while feeling Graham's heart. Sometimes it's under his uh, vest and sometimes it's over his vest and coat, depending on the angle of the shot. Okay. The position of the darts, this is number three, the position of the darts in the first shot of the episode changes from shot to shot. Oh. Hmm. I know that Regina's blood, she dabs it at one point. It stays in generally the same spot, but it does look different um, because it's smeared. It was a cut in one in the first couple shots, and then it was just a smeared bloody spot whenever she was opening the chamber. I'm going to put that one aside because it stays in the same location. Um, it doesn't move around her mouth. Uh, I'm pretty sure the hand, her hand changes position. So that's true. I'm going to say the scar thing's a lie. The scar thing is true. Oh, hmm. The darts were a lie. The darts are a thing I completely made up. The Okay. So the, well, now I have to watch it to see if you made up the darts or if they're really still in the, in different spots or not. If they are in different spots, I just missed it. I was, I was, gonna, say, I was gonna say those all sound true. Um, you know, there's not a lot to I really there's not a lot of outside trivia for this episode. Like I said, yeah. it is a for what it is, well constructed episode. If you can move past the the actual awfulness problems. of the plot. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh. so um anything else about anything else? I think that that's everything I have for this episode. I want to thank our listeners for actually like sticking it out while we ranted about this particular one next week. Looks like it's going to be a brighter point next week. And it is Emma trying to uh, campaign for the position of sheriff. Oh, that's good. Cause she just yeah. fucking murdered somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Not Regina, uh, Emma. No, I, I mean, Regina, just the mayor. Yeah. Just fucking murdered somebody. Man, you have to bleep me a lot this show. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be on it this one. <laughs> uh, I'm mad. This episode made me mad. It has made me mad since it aired. It is this and one that's coming up later. It's it's coming up. But uh, I'm, we'll get there and I'll say this is the one. Uh, but I think that's all we have this week. That's all we have this week. <laughs> Remember to follow us online at StoryBrokePod. Storybroke is a Your Pretty Friend production. You can find more about us at YPF Improv on Twitter. And feel free to send us questions or comments about this episode or the next episode. Please, the next episode via Twitter or by emailing us at storybrokepod at gmail.com. This has been Storybroke. Miserably ever after. Amen. Amen. We did it. Okay, I'm going to stop recording.